What is up, everyone? Welcome to Board Game Backwards, where we play games having never read the rules. I'm Shay. I'm Cole. And today, we are going to be playing Dune Imperium. Cole, have you ever played Dune Imperium before? Nope. That's the point of the podcast. Yep, neither have I. We have both. I actually haven't even opened the box. So I will say, though, I have seen pictures of the game when months and months ago when it was kind of bigger. I kind of did some research to decide if I wanted to get it. Never got around to it. So I really know very little about the game. Um, why don't we give our listeners, since this is the first episode, some idea of what they can expect? Yeah, because you tease out this board game backwards. That's a concept that's not really out there. And then we're going to try to dive into playing games without having read the rules. And we mean it, right? Like we said, neither one of us has even opened Dune Imperium. And we're going to just open it up, look at the board, try to compare it to other things that we've seen before, because we're both decent into the hobby of board games. So we're familiar with some of the conventions and the tropes that board games use. And so we're going to try to then apply them to a board game that we have never seen. And, and we're diving headfirst, man, because Dune Imperium is not the easiest one to play with the rules, let alone the way we're going to try to do it. Yeah, when I when I was talking with Cole yesterday, I was trying to decide what what game we wanted to do. And I said, well, so Dune is number 10 currently in the Board Game Geek Top 100. And so it's a very popular game. I thought it would be a good game to do. But Cole wasn't too keen on the idea. Why was that, Cole? Because it's hard, man. Like, this is our first episode. We we haven't even, like, playtested the concept yet that this is going to work at all. And we are doing it with one of the more complicated, long board games that's even out there. Um, I'm intimidated, but I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. If you look on uh, the BGG page for Dune Imperium, it says 60 to 120 minutes. So we are going to try to play a one to two hour game having never read the rules not only that but it's it's all of it so the setup we are going to do without the rules i mean everything is just blanket we're going to dive in so the way this is going to work we're going to open the box we're going to be very overwhelmed i'm sure we're going to try to set it up we're going to try to play make up some ridiculous rules um, but of course, we're still trying to play the game how it's meant to be played. It's just most likely not going to be the case. And then afterwards, we are going to play it. We're going to then read the real rules, see how close or not close we were, and then we'll play it for real and kind of see what, how, you know, how we compare the two. Maybe we make some, some rules up that are actually pretty fun. and. Maybe this podcast will be a source for people to come up with house rules that they've never, never th thought of before. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to like take a look, see what it, what those first impressions are and then dive in. Yeah. So um, let's give the listeners just a little bit of background. So I haven't been in the hobby very long. Um, I would say it's really probably very heavy in the, the hobby for a year. And then prior to that, kind of only getting dipping my toes into it about two years. So I'm I'm very new to the hobby. I've only played a lot of kind of the very popular, not even hobbyish games. And uh and so that's why this podcast works for me because I haven't played a lot. What about you, Cole? Yeah, and I'm okay admitting that even though I've been playing some more serious, like more serious than Monopoly and Risk for about three years, right around 2019, right before the pandemic, which ended up being pretty convenient because um, board games gave me something to do with my roommate for the entirety of 2020. But I'm not sure if I could say that I'm seriously deep into the pot, into the hobby three years in if I've never played Dune Imperium. So like I've got my little niche that I, those, those are the games that I go back to and that my buddies and I like, but I, yeah, still not, not hardcore, but like I, I have that, I have that like starting point and that's what you need. That's all you need. Yeah. And what I'm really excited about is I'm looking forward to episode 50, looking back at this episode oh. and seeing how far we've come, because I think we're going to get into a rhythm where we're going to be able to start to dissect the games quite quickly and, um, get better at getting closer to the rules by 
by having never read them by just seeing what pieces are there. So I'm really excited about that to become kind of a an expert in that in that way. And it's going to be like a hallmark of a good game design if two people that are fairly familiar with board games can just look at it, open it up and start playing without having to read your intense rule. Like even at this point, you look at something like Catan or Lost Cities or one of those basic like meeple kind of games. Um, you can probably just open it up and kind of figure out what you're doing. Yeah, Carcassonne. I mean, oh, yeah, that one you could you could figure out. And we do like, honestly, I haven't read the rules. I just like vaguely remember playing it one time and we've got house rules that are wrong that I just kind of like better. And the, that's the way that I've taught it to now my in-law family and like a couple other people that I've introduced the game to. There you go. Awesome. So we're going to dive in. So Dune Imperium, um, it is designed by Paul Denon and published by Direwolf Games. This came out in 2020. Um, and so we are going to see if we can navigate this game the weight on on bgg says it's a a 3.02 so it's it's a medium weight um not not too heavy but not light either right so we'll we'll see how it goes so let's let's go ahead and uh truth and open this box here there you go get those rules out of there we don't want these rules page one page two (laughs) big book don't want it Okay, not too shabby. Yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not too overwhelmed yet. I thought I would be, but it's not bad. And then we have these big character cards. I'm assuming we pick one. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Already. This I'm is... impressed. I like the artwork. I think it's really fun. Dune the book has been around, but this one is very obviously like for the new Dune audience that's being introduced with the right. 2021 right. blockbuster movie. Already, just like sneak and peek at some of the character cards, you got one of these fellas, whenever you pay a gray circle for cost of a board space, uh, you know what that means. That means our gray circles are our money. And that's the thing. That's what's fun is I think we can glean. Oh, you know what? And the blue water drop shaped ones. Based that's on. Good. That's gonna well, be and it makes sense. I mean, Dune, <laughs> Dune is like this, this desert planet, right? Yeah. So water is a hot commodity. Um. Okay. Let's see. We got these circles on the board. Oh, these little things. There's a big old They worm. could fit here. Send an agent to the space with the most bonus spice. Harvest spice. There you go. Triangle spice. Figured it out. There it is. Okay. So where are the triangles? <laughs> I don't know. I don't see them. I don't have triangles. All right. Yeah. Let's assess our individual dudes, right? So we got three banners, um, a machete on one side, three characters character dudes, a couple big circles, a bunch of small squares. The board's also going to walk us through it, right? Round start, then player turns, combat happens, makers with a diagram of the sandworm, and then recall. And then these match up with those circles over there. Oh, okay. So yeah, those circles logo, I was talking about earlier, they go on the logo, left side. Logo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe just, I'm assuming we put oh, them yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. When you were reading the turn order, the middle one's combat, and we have these conflict cards. So I would assume that maybe these fit in that. But what's interesting, I mean, you look at them. So the back, you have one. Uh, and then level two, two cards. Is it just, is it just, oh, and then there's and three. Then level three cards. So one, two, three. So I'm assuming there's going to be some you can order there. Sp- split them up, see if, like, at certain points in the game, we only need the level one cards. We're definitely going to need the little machetes. Like, keep track of where your machete level is at. Down here. So we're going to stick our own little cubes to keep track of our machete level so that we can fight the sandworm, right? It's not quite the right size. but I don't know. I mean, there's four circles. These little banners are gonna go here. At some point. Mm. When you so it's when like you accomplish when you, the thing. It looks like when you take certain spaces. So I'm I'm wondering if if once it's occupied on these ones, like you keep it. Sure. Right? Like if you're putting your banner there, does that mean like you own it? Yeah, and when you get there, you get one gray cube and an intrigue card. When you take this one, you get one gray cube and a green 
cards cards will be the key to like being able to do something right mm -hmm. and over here this is a this is a solid like we're probably the ultimate goal is to get at least past the game can end when we're past 10 but like you get even more points when you get past 12 i don't know i don't see like a victory point place i don't i still don't see like Attract where are we winning um good question well, and one other thing, too, is, like, each thing, like, the spacing guild, the emperor, like, there's four squares. So, I'm assuming we also put our squares there, right? Okay, so if you're not watching, um, which we are recording this, you're welcome to watch. But um, on the left side of the board, there's, like, these four different groups. You have the the uh, the freemen, the, what is that, Bene, Benny, Be it's, it's Benny, Jesuit. Yeah. Spacing Guild and the Emperor. And then there's like four spots for the four players. And then there's like a little tracker um, that like points up. And there's three different spots. And then there's a gold zone with like a token. So what we're thinking is we can move our little cubes when we do an action over there up. But then to the right of that little tracker, each little group has two different options. That's what we're looking at. So we're thinking that as you move your cube up, you get points, and there's a point tracker on the right side of the board. You can move. All right. I'll take Paul Atreides. I'll take the Beast. I'll take Dave Bautista. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, interesting. So there's like a little deck. You see that there? Like the deck goes oh, on yeah. the left side. Go, yeah, and then you're. So is this like is a deck side? building? I bet cards. it is. I mean, look at all these color, these cards. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think it was a good point, like you were saying, talking about terraforming Mars. I mean, that's kind of like you you have, your, you build your deck there, too. You're getting tons of cards and things. So I start the game with additional, with one additional orange hexagon and one small gray disc. Probably supposed to start with more than that, but I know I get at least those. <laughs> so I'm going to take well, and see, but mine doesn't mention any starting. So if that's the case, then I would assume I start with base, basic of something. Right. And then you start. One more. So maybe, yeah, maybe yours is double. So maybe I start with the gray circle and an orange hexagon, and then you start with two of each. Start with the next one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. That's what we're doing. We have decided. And then my other ability is brutality. So I can take one cube or... Two cubes if I have a free hand. Yeah, so the, your player turn, it's got like your guy and then some and cards. cards. It's got three cards. Let's take it at its word that we're going to be able to play three cards and move your man every time it's your turn. Sure. So the, so the round starts <laughs> and it's my turn and I'm going to move my man. But we don't even have cards. <laughs> Do we start with cards? You think? I, yeah, I would think so, because my guy says you may look at the top card of your deck at any time. Like, I need a deck, and it has a spot on the left for a deck. For a deck. Do you think we have a starting deck? I bet we do. Sure. Let's see. Maybe these are the starters. Yeah, so let's see if there's four You start four with two daggers, card. you start with... Oh, well, there's there's five daggers, so that kind of screws that up a little bit. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. You know, you start with a couple of them. Let's just take one of each card. It's fine with me. Reconnaissance, diplomacy, doing the desert planet... Seek allies, signet ring. So I'm thinking we start with these, and then the cards with the numbers on them, we add in later. You know, what? I I I cost. wonder if That's the top cost. the top right. I bet it's victory point. Ooh. And I bet the left side is the cost. You see how this one has like yes. a blue circle and the yellow triangle. So what's a green pentagon? Green pentagons are up here. That's also part of the cost. Faction alliance. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because you have the freemen. Yeah. And then you have the emperor. They've got yeah, they've got to be factions that were like the spacing guild. Sp yeah, spacing guild. Those are all the groups that we join in with. And then the middle is just resources. I'm assuming. Oh, maybe our squares go on the attack tracker. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to oh, this is obvious. End, when you, you get to twenty, over to you 20. flip it over and you're onto twenty-one. Yeah, exactly. We know how that works. That's yeah. easy. Okay. Our little we, we will end this with having gotten one thing right, and that's <laughs> how to keep track of combat. Our machetes going the the zero combat.
Okay, should we just go for it? Yeah. Round start. Yep. Okay. Player turns, you get three cards and move a dude. All right. So I drew convincing argument, which has no cost. So I'm going to play convincing argument. And I get two victory points at the end of the game. <laughs> so like you just said it. You just like set it to the side. Nah, that stays in your deck. That's going to clog But then up how your do deck. you know that you got. That's, that's a province right there. Like in, uh, in old Dominion, right? It's just clogging up yeah. your deck as you have. Yeah, it. I, I it's guess. It's going to be victory. Yeah, I, I guess that's, that's a good way of putting it. Well, I have a card that says seek allies. Seek them. What's interesting, though, what's really interesting about this card that makes me wonder about certain things about this, how things work, is it says I trash this card. And then it has these four things, and it says seek allies. So do I, is that not the cost? And that's like that must be the benefit. benefit. That's what you have. That's how many the left resources side is got. the benefit. So like I trash the card, so it it doesn't go back in my deck. But you do move one. But of I your do cubes get to on one of them or all four. I'm assuming you pick. Yeah. You pick one of the allies to ally with. What I'm unsure of though is with the four allies, like how. I don't know how those actions on the right side work. Well, I know when you hit the second one, you're going to go up that. And then you're going to get, oh, a four-player game, you start it. Right, one. but what I'm wondering okay. is, like, how do I get water? Is it, like, once I have a spot on the tracker, then I can use a move from them? But if I don't have, if my guy is at the beginning, I can't use any of the allied resources? Right. That might make sense. Like, say, if I choose the Freeman, I move my cube up, and then now I can place a guy, one of my three guys, onto either the two cubes or the water, and I get that benefit. Um, well, let's see. I think that is what I'm going to want to do, is ally, ally with the Freeman. So I am going to trash my Seek Allies card to move my cube up on the Freeman tracker and now i have them as allies i'm gonna play diplomacy which has the same left benefit one of each of these ally things but you don't have to trash but it. i don't have to trash it and, and it's, it's gonna give point. me a victory point at the end of the game and so since you're already going with the free men i'm gonna go the spacing guild for my first one because this is gonna give me an ability to use a card that i don't i don't know anything about is it like a conflict I don't see anywhere else that indicates how you'd get a conflict card. But I also don't know what the... I mean, those are intrigue, for sure. Oh, oh, I didn't even see that deck. Okay, yep. so I don't know what that swirling black hole looking card is, but it's red. <laughs> so, so do we want to assume it's a conflict? Yeah, and then this, this has the conflict slogan. True. Right there. True. The, this also the high, initiates conflict. The Highliner in the spacing guild shows the machete that gives you a lot of resources that gives you five more but cubes. do you see how it has the six look these the top ones are have costs and the bottom ones are free mm. so pick up a card so like i al allied with the free men a free thing is i get water but if and i pay I a water trigger conflict yeah i just noticed that symbol too like if i'm getting water there's a conflict somewhere these are all going to trigger conflict. Conflict's mm -hmm. going to be... I mean, Big combat's going to happen. Yeah. And right yeah. now, we don't have uh, any combat <laughs> points because we're both at zero. Well, no, the problem is we don't... I don't know how conflict works. We don't have conflict cards. How do we fight each other? We're not going to fight each other. We're fighting the... The planet. Planet. You know, I'm wondering about this whole... Th three cards, it seems like a lot. I'm totally happy to do it that way. I think it's going to speed things up. But I, I'm just, I'm wondering if it's less than that. My second card has the symbols of the three different shapes. Yeah, how we do we get? Those? We don't have those resources. The, we have like the yellow. It's saying that you get a yellow triangle, a blue circle, and yeah, that green must not be what you're supposed to do. Unless, I mean, so when this said we get it, then diplomacy said we got, you know, to move up on the tracker. Maybe we I move my dude onto one of those things. Yeah, like you get an option. 
of of one. It's not all three. It's one. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out into the middle. Um, I'm not gonna worry about the sandworm yet. We're gonna. But see, all the middle ones have costs. Like if you pay there. two water and a blue circle. See, but we can't pay. Circle. Yeah, we can't pay. We can't pay those because we don't have them. Is it? But the weird thing is, there these gray circles that we have on the side of the board. Those are the money, though, right? I think gray circles are money. Orange hexagons are spice. Are spice. Water's water obvious. So we do collect those, and like there's small ones and big ones. So the big ones are going to be five. Mm -hmm. The small ones are going to be one. Yeah. And each one of those are points at the end of the game. So yeah, what in the world is the yellow triangle, purpley blue circle, and the green pentagon? I think that's gonna be our have we, have we juiced, I don't know. Have we juiced all we can out of it? <laughs> I mean, we got to player turns. We didn't even get to combat makers, which is the worm. Yeah, we, like it, it, I feel like it should be simple. You like, put you put your heck? guys out there. So this is uh, this is gonna be worker placement, right? We have three workers to get out there, right? And they're gonna come back with resources of stuff because at the end of your turn, you recall them. Right. So that at the next turn you put them out somewhere else. Over here's over here's your port where you can turn spice into money. Yeah, you sell spice. Which I don't have spice. And yet, then the so council shows, you know, all those green pentagons. But I'm assuming that's the cost. Get into the council. Nah, I think it's just themed. Like it's the green ones have to do with the council. I think the thing below it's going to be a cost. I think in order to to commission the sword master. Okay, so let's say you pay the symbols are just a symbol a of something. Like say this uh, Cytec Tabber thing, whatever, is free. And you just get those two resources. But if you wanted to go to the Great Flat, you have to pay two water. I just don't know. Like, does that mean if you want to go to any of these spots, you have to play a card that allows you to. So you say you play the signet ring. That lets me go to any That lets you go them. anywhere. Mm -hmm. And now you say, great, I'm going to go to the research station and I'm going to pay two water. I'm going to get three But I don't have any cards. water. So actually I'm going to go to... The Cytic Tabur. 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 I get two influence. Or you have to have two influence. You have to have two influence to do it. So actually I'm going to go up to... So that's what that is. That's, an, that's the influence tracker. Uh -huh. You have your allies, and you have your influence tracker. Carthag gives me an extra cube. A gray cube, which we have no idea what that gray, means. So I think I'm pretty sure gray cube is just... Cubes are cubes. It's gray because we all have our different colored cubes. Mm -hmm. um, but I do get an intrigue card by going there. So I have an extra cube to use sometime. <laughs> and I got an intrigue. Like, where, where does that cube go? Like, I don't... Do you put a cube there? I don't know. My entry card says I gain two victory points during your reveal turn this round. I don't know what reveal is because reveal is not one of the turns the that we see us. on the board. Anyway, my last card. Is just <laughs> well, we're just, just going to disregard that. And I got two victory points and it's, it's just fogging up space. And those three cards go into my discard. I got an extra cube and I have charisma. Great. Okay. I actually I'm surprised. I think we're getting some of this. This is going but not better a lot than of I expected. <laughs> I actually I agree. This is going better than I expected, but I'm sure we're way off. Um okay, well my card, I have Dune the Desert Planet, and yep, yeah, so like it's saying I can only go to a triangle. Like that's that's the only place I can go to. And there's only one of those triangles that doesn't have what we assume is a cost attached to it. It gets you a spice. See, but here's but the thing. But also it gets you... I'm thinking... You're in danger of a worm. It seems, though, like we should have the opportunity to place our three worker any, any, on our turn. And so what I'm wondering is, can I place workers in the freeman spot? There's not a cost associated with it. And I have influence there. And you're going to get a water? From the still suits? Right. So I'm wondering, like, can, is it just one or can I put two and get two water? But three? Three water. <laughs> well, you know, no, you know what? I'm not going to do Dune the Desert Planet. I'm going to do my signet ring like yeah. you did. 
go anywhere. But I, I, I placed a guy in the Freeman spot for the water, so I get a water. And then, um, ooh, then I'm going to, no, jokes, I switch again. I'm going to do Dune the Desert Planet. I'm going to put a guy on the Haga Basin. Spend your water. I spend my water. Get two spice. Two spice. And. And a worm. Nah. So the worm, the worm, you're going to be in danger of worm. Here's my big play. Here's my call. The worm is going to move around from these four spots. And the combat is. There's, there's, it's like a roulette of. You have a one in four chance of getting hit by the worm. And if you get hit by the worm, you lose uh, two gold or two circles. <laughs> how do we determine? How does the worm get you? Uh, yeah, how does the worm get you? No way of knowing. <laughs> also, the worm doesn't quite, like, that circle doesn't quite fit that circle. Right. That makes me sad. Okay, well, the worm does something, but I get two spice, so I'm happy about that. get two spice, and the worm missed. <laughs> the, worm, the worm's out of the game, You're good. quite honestly, because <laughs> we don't understand the worm. Uh, but see, I, I I need to get those other cards is what I need to do. Yeah. But um, I'm going to hold on to my signet ring. Um, and I'm just going to put my other guy in the still suit so I can get another water. Get another water. All right, my two guys that I did not use. I only have influence in fold space. And so I'm going to put, you know... I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go to the Hall of Ority, or Oratory mm -hmm. and get one victory point Do you have, and one cube. Did you play a card that allows you to go over there? <laughs> Silly me for not playing by the rules. The um, only... Did you use all three of your cards? I did. So then you can put both of your guys in the in fold space, space in the space guild. Space, spacing? Spacing. Spacing guild. Spacing guild. So that's where I have influence. And you get those two weird spiral cards that do not exist. Thematically, do I get to shuffle my deck? Do I get to... And that's a turn. And then, wait. And then we got combat, which is not going to happen. Because we're peace-loving people. <laughs> well, how, how does combat happen? Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at these combat cards. And they don't make any sense to me. First place is the person that's highest on the terraforming rating. Well, track. on that card. Second place. So it's like the card that you draw determines certain wins. First place on yours gets... is the person that's highest on one of the influences. Oh, yeah. That looks more like you're getting No, it looks something. like you can choose an influence to increase that's, and then you gain a that's spice. That's got to be what it is. Okay. So, but and the second the... place gets two spices, third place gets two So spice. all four of us, the reason there would be three is because... Because if you have people... four people, mm -hmm. right. But because it's just the two of us, we get first and second, first and second which is great. But who but won combat? We don't even understand how combat works. And this is conflict, which is a different word than combat. Yeah. Okay, so combat happened. Now makers, now does the worm get you? I, I, I don't know. And then we recall our guys. It's like, it's weird too, because it says makers, but it shows the worm. Like, what does that even, I don't, like, it, it doesn't seem to match. What do you mean makers? Makers of what? And why a worm? Makers of spice, probably. And that's one turn of Dune. So what I'm, what I think we're going to do, house rules, for this game that we're making up, is that basically combat and makers is not a thing. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And instead, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, it's gonna be really boring, and we're just gonna do, player turn done. Player See turn done. See how many done. resources we can get. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think it's just gonna be whoever gets to, the top of the tracker on the right, wins, and it's gonna be really long and arduous. Okay. Recall. You didn't do recall. Okay, I got a dagger. Did you get a dagger? I did. Are the... So we both move up to one, on the combat. are like it says get a cube okay why what am i doing with this cube like say i put my guy there which just seems like a waste of a turn i use my dagger i put my guy in the hall of oratory just like you did i get a cube don't know what i'm gonna do okay cool i think we've dissected this enough that we feel like there's nothing else that we can do. Yeah. Like to figure out. Like, we it out. can, yeah, it's figured out. 
<laughs> it's figured out to our level. We've trashed cards. And we've then, accumulated resources and wealth. And what else is there? Yeah, so I think now we're ready to read the rules. And we can finally find out what the heck the house haggle cards are and how conflict works Mysteries. and what, what makers is and how the worm works. Because right now, to be quite honest, this is a very boring game. Yeah, not, not this top is a 10, boring... Board Game Geek. <laughs> I am so disappointed in, <laughs> in Dune Imperium. Because it's just a really boring worker placement is what we're doing yep. right now. So why don't we spice it up? Cool. <laughs> spice. And, uh, and actually get into the rules. Flip, flip over the character card and already you see how... <laughs> You're, at the round start, you reveal a new conflict immediately. Oh. And we weren't using conflict at all. See, conflict in combat had to be different. Yeah. Well, and, and it makes then, sense because it's like, it's, like, it's like waves. It's ages. Like You have age one, age two, age three. Like Once you've gone through all of one, you go to two. Once you've gone through all of two, you go to three. And that's like the ticking clock of the game. And I think you determine who gets the points on the conflict card. And this isn't just with that info. I haven't even read the rules. Literally still. read exactly one bullet point one bullet of point. not even the rules. One bullet point. I think whoever has their machete highest on the tracker, that's how you determine the conflict. Like that's not combat. It's conflict. It's mm -hmm. so like if you're machete. So let, let's see if we're right. And then you draw a hand of five cards, not three. Mm. <laughs> let's open up. This, uh, let me say, the cover of the Dune construction book is pretty cool. It's pretty dope. I'm a fan. I like the design. They did a really good job with the design of this. Oh, what do you know? This worm is the first player marker. Come on. <laughs> the worm's got to attack you. That is the first player marker. Ooh, ooh, interesting. So all of those cards, that whole deck with the uh, like uh, victory point numbers on the top right, yeah, those are supposed to be played along the edge of the game board. So you shuffle them, and then you place five of them up. The board didn't tell us to do that. <laughs> well, the board isn't supposed to. <laughs> the instructions are. Things that we got right. We placed the little conductor-looking guy in the right spot. Duh. Heck yeah. We placed the four alliance tokens on their marked areas. Duh. Makes sense. We separated the conflict decks. We did that right. The way it works is we were supposed to shuffle the conflict level three cards. We place them face down. Then we, we shuffle the ten conflict two cards. Each player takes a ten card starting deck. Each player takes one water. So we were supposed to start with water. Didn't get that one right. Um, and we placed two of our agents on our leader. And our third agent. The game ends at the end of a round if any player has reached 10 or more victory points or if the conflict, conflict deck is empty. When you reach two influence with the faction, you gain a victory point. So we did, we did get that. We understood that. Board space must have an icon in its upper left corner matching one of the agent's icons on the card. Nailed it. We were doing that. We did that. We did that perfectly. You have the top box and the bottom box. You have the agent box and the reveal box. If you use it as an agent, you use the agent. So you don't use the reveal unless you play it as a reveal. I would not have, <laughs> I would not have figured that out. The agent and the reveal. I like it. I mean, it's simple. Mm -hmm. but And it's cool how one card can be used two different ways. Yes. But I just never got that. So if you're just going to play on mm -hmm. Highliner, mm -hmm. you also gain an influence with him. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to pay six spice for it. Oh, and that's where... Yeah, that's where Diplomacy and Seek Allies lets you play an agent. Whenever the cube icon appears on a card or board space, you recruit one troop. We did that. We didn't know what to do with it, but we <laughs> yeah, grabbed we, it. We didn't, know what we didn't even know what a troop was. You take a troop from your supply... And you place it in your garrison on the game board. While your control marker is on one of these spaces, you receive the bonus shown whenever any player sends an agent there. Awesome. So that's not a cost. That's a bonus that only you get 
from anytime anyone plays And we there. did that because you, like, took doubles. There are three board spaces on Arrakis with a marker icon, a maker icon, where you may harvest spice. The Great oh. Flat, Haga Basin, and Imperial Basin. When you, you know send what? an agent to one of them, you gain the base value of spice shown on the space, plus any bonus spice that has accumulated. <clears throat> okay. We have read the rules. We are ready to go. Um, the real version of yes. Dune Imperium. Yes. Playing with the rules. Um, you have. Why don't you go first? You have the first player token. Yes. Yeah, so, so I have go. the first player token. I also have the beast, which is Dave Bautista's character, which means I start the game with. Ooh, all right. That was uh, man. I don't even know how long that took. That had to have been. It was close two, to two hours, hours, yeah. And that was just two of us. Like, yeah. Generally, when they say an hour to two hours, it means an hour for two players, hour and a half for three, two hours for. That's four. what I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was this. It, this was our first time playing. I mean, you get you get into a rhythm once you've played a game three, four times. You have a strategy. You kind of know what you're going for. It goes quicker. But um. I think I'll start. I, I think you have maybe a better outlook on it than I do. Um, I thought it was fun. I, I don't mind heavy games whatsoever. So let's get that out of the way. Like I don't mind intense strategy. Even sometimes if a game is kind of AP, um, I don't necessarily mind it. I'm a thinker, so I can kind of respect other people thinking. Um, what do I like about this game? I like I like all the options that are available. Um, to get money, you can go to like a bunch of different places. To get troops, you can go to a bunch of different places. I I don't like how hard water was, actually. That was kind of lame. The resource the way that the two of us ended up playing, the resources seemed very unbalanced where we didn't ever have water. I ended up with too much money that I couldn't spend. We had influence or we had intrigue cards that made for like one really cool interaction, but other than that, they didn't give us a lot more. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, of course, it makes sense. Like, of course, you're you know you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, if, duh, yeah, there's not a lot of water. Yeah, it's hard. You're on Dune. Okay, I I do get it, and I I appreciate that that was built into the game to reflect the story, but. You know, it, it can be a little frustrating. I, I can imagine it would be very difficult with four players, to be quite honest. Like that, I, I think it would be really slow to do certain things if water's constantly being taken. Because everyone's going to be vying for it. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, with the intrigue, I mean, I got three, three intrigue cards where it's like play anytime. And they were kind of lame. So, like, the battle intrigue, the conflict intrigue or whatever, those were really fun because it come, like changes things up big time. Um, the end of game, I could see being really fun when you have four players. Because I feel like it's in, like Catan in the sense that you get to the end, someone reaches that last point or whatever because they flip. They had eight or they had nine, but then they had that victory point card that they flip at the end, and they're like, boom, I won. This this one could lend itself the way Catan and Root and some of these other when when you get to the end game to be a little kingmakery because of the way you can block each other. So having that buffer zone at the top is something I haven't seen in a lot of other games where you have some end. I had a couple end game intrigue cards where as long as the game can end, as long as I can get to ten, even if someone else passes me, I was able to get to twelve. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, a couple. If you have four players and someone's about to get to 10, you might gang up on them, might block like what they obviously need. But because you have that headroom at the top of the victory tracker, as long as someone gets to 10, like, again, hypothetical situation, but like I'm bent down to nine. Someone else gets up to 10 because they were beaten up on me and then they end the game and they don't even realize I'm about to jump two spots right. and beat them anyway. Right. So that's but that then they can have nifty. that too. They might have another intrigue, ex- right? Exactly. So yeah. what's what I what I do appreciate, and I think this would be fun with four players, is I think you could really get in each other's way in the best, most frustrating way. 
because it's not hard at all to look and see where your opponents are at, what they're trying to go for. You know, you can basically read everyone's mind. You know what, where they're at, what they're going to go for, and you can just go there instead. And the bot made it so the board was cluttered enough, right? Catan with two players stinks. You just stay on your two sides of the board. You don't really have that conflict. Um, this, having a bot, but have it be random, right? He's not specifically going and trying to block the thing that you or I need, but sometimes that accidentally blocks the thing that you or I need, right? This I thought this played really well with just two players and... Yeah, that that auto-generated right. kind of... And I'm glad they introduced that. I mean, I think it would have been more boring if it was built to play fine with just two players and not introducing that, that third enemy. So I do think that was kind of fun. It added that kind of what if, what's going to happen that you would, get, of course, get from other people. And there's no thought process to, like, running the bot, which is how it has to be. You can't yeah. actually make a decision. It right, just of course. Flip it, go. Yeah, so... um. My only thing is, I like, what are some things about this? The art is beautiful. Like, I love the cards. I love the board. It's it's sleek. Um, it's the board doesn't get terribly cluttered. Like, once you understand how the game plays, it's really not that difficult. But I will say, it just for me, um, it seems like a lot. And it takes a while. That So going back to how we started this, right? Trying to figure out this game without the rules. Yeah. I've played Viticulture before I own Viticulture. I think that's a great Stonemeyer game. I should have seen the middle of this board and knew we had workers to place and said immediately, oh, this is going to play like that. Mm-hmm. Because whatever's going around on the periphery, you know, the Great Western Trail kind of like 100 ways to do stuff. The core of your board is here in the middle and actually like getting your dudes on stuff to get either money or get spice. And so looking back at where we were when we started, Mm -hmm. that's what I should have picked on better than I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, what I will say is, yeah, I I think let's look back on how we tried to figure it out at the beginning, right? Like we didn't, we didn't have conflict in it at at all. And that was my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. Of this game. The conflict made it really fun. Conflict gave you those big boosts. I mean, you launched up that that score on the right side with all of your bonus points that you were getting um, from a lot of the conflicts first place um, being granted that way. And now now that we know which conflicts are kind of coming and granted, Mm -hmm. you don't use every tier three card or every tier one card. But like when these two came up back to back. It just so happened to be at a time where I was ready to push and go hard. Whereas like one of the other tier three cards that didn't give you actual victory mm-hmm. point boosts. If I had just been in a place where, oh, let's go for that. It would have taken longer, right? Yeah. Like I just so happened to stumble on at the right time, the right strategy. What is kind of fun though. So one thing that I feel like I um, maybe made a mistake on is I try to do everything. And I really don't feel like you have to do that. Like, I could have just focused on the alliances and gotten all of my victory points that way. And you could have just focused on the combat and gotten all of, you know, so me trying to balance all of it got me little of all of it. Yeah. Whereas if I had just tried to focus on one thing, I do like appreciate the fact that there's not just one way to win. If there was, then it would kind of seem like point salady to me where it's just like it doesn't matter what you do you're just getting points but this is you can take a clear path and hopefully beat the other person taking a different path or if you're taking the same path then you can get in in each other's way if you had four people and you had two people going for alliances and two people going for conflict um that would be that would be pretty interesting and the one that we didn't see and i go kind of go back to that is there are you know a hundred cards over here we each bought maybe like two uh, other than the the stock yeah. ones up here, so that's the other way that we didn't see early either mm-hmm. of buying cards, getting victory points that way. Going because that that's where a lot of the randomness of which way is the game gonna lead you to go. Right, you could force your head into trying to win combat every time, but if you don't get the right cards popping up or whatever, 
if that's just your mindset and you only want to ever do combat, you're mm-hmm. going to win like, you know, 10% of the time mm-hmm. when it comes up your way. You got to kind of wait and see what cards it gives you. And that's right. where the randomness is at. And that we didn't even get to see half of that because we didn't get into the deck. Yeah. And, and that actually kind of reminds me, I think it's a really good point. Um, we could have bought way more. I mean, just way more. And that could have changed things up big time. All we, we had so many of those liaison cards that were just worth two or that, that cost two. And, yeah. and they just cluttered my deck to the point where I didn't have any of those triangles to get in, to get around. And I had like no cards to get me into those alliances. And that really screwed me over. Um, we were talking when we were playing, I was saying, oh, I messed up. And that's because I was expecting, luckily I won the battle anyway, but I was expecting I could get a ton of guys from either Conspire or from Highliner because they give you a bunch of troops. But I couldn't go there because I didn't have a card that allowed me to play there. So I was stuck in the middle of the board with my stupid green or purple. <laughs> and so I had very little options. Um, but the whole, the whole uh, deck building thing reminds me a lot of Sentry. Um, where... You need to get cards. You need to acquire cards that help you to get what you need to get the points. And I think um, I, I, I think it would have been a lot more fun had we gotten through those a lot. And that, and I do I like how you mentioned that because yeah, that is a third lane that you could take. Acquire cards. Just get the points to just get cards and see how that goes. I mean, we we know very little about the cards. Some of them are probably pretty pretty and, killer and the other like the randomness of the game and i'm i'm a huge proponent of randomness in games because that makes them fun and makes it different every time but we also happen to come across really comparatively expensive cards early which is what dissuaded both of us from yeah. going that route there are one there are lots of ones twos and threes in here mm. that just didn't come up for us and so we didn't go that route yeah and the fact that we got three of the same oh, card yeah. that costs five. Yeah, I mean, we just, like, what are we going to do? There's no point. Like, they were all, there was a lot. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate, I mean, you look through this deck, and there are so many unique cards, unique artwork, which is great, but we just kind of got unlucky in that sense. So there we go. I think, um, I mean, obviously, the rules, the way you're supposed to play, much better than the way we had assumed it plays. Like we said, the, the conflict helped a lot. Um, I mean, we didn't even understand how the cards worked. It just would have been really, really boring. Um, so I, I appreciate the game. I don't know if I love it, but it's just the two of us. And it was the very, this is our hot take. This is right after we played for the very first time. So we, uh, I think we got to play some more and, and, and see, uh, see what we think before I officially come out and say, oh, it wasn't my favorite. Right. I, I understand that I have to give it, give it what it's due. It's top 10 for a reason. Like the bones are there. Yeah. It's a, it is a good game. We didn't have the most fun playthrough, but also we had gone from not knowing anything to trying to figure out the rules to still like not totally under like in my experience and we're going to come across this on all the games that neither Mm -hmm. of us have played the best experience i have is like the second or third time i play a game with the same group of four people where one of them already knew how to play the game and they taught it to us as Mm -hmm. opposed to i mean we start from ground zero then trying to figure it out just by reading the rules then maybe watch some youtube or then go from there but just i don't know a general advice for guys getting into the hobby or whatever like pair up with someone who knows and loves the game already and let them teach you right because what we do is fun it's not the optimal way to play yeah. board well, games and don't play it two player <laughs> this game isn't built for that like it really isn't i mean the fact that you have to introduce another player it's not made for that so um i think this would be a lot more fun with four people I do want to say, because obviously this podcast is a lot about um, the rule book, I do think like there was a lot of questions that came up as we tried to learn a lot. There was a lot of, oh, I don't know what that means. Let's go back to the rules that we thought we already understood. But now that I really understand it, it's not complicated. 
And I do appreciate that. Like you're saying, like if you just get somebody that knows how to play, they can teach it to you pretty well. Oh yeah. And I do like that. I don't, and that's why it's not a super heavy game. That's why it's a three. The rule book was hard to grasp for me. For me. But both. For, for both of us. Yes. It, it, it was a little complicated. Oh, I don't know where that was. It, it, it wasn't organized like it should have been, if I'll be honest. And that's what I didn't like about it. They could have done a better job at making it clear and concise. But once you do understand it, it is simpler than you think. I yeah I've I have played more complicated games. This once it turned out, um, we've we've seen things like this before. Yeah, and we'll see them like it again in the future. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you look at games like this that have <laughs> worker placement, deck building. It's not anything new, but it's unique in that it has a really fun skin theme, which people really appreciate. We're sick of games that are about Europe and farming and all that stuff. You know, this is a space, which is, which is really popular right now, but also, um, you know, they threw little bits here and there and different mechanics, um, that kind of made it its own thing. And so, yeah, it's not like we won't see games like this in the future, but, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I can see why it's, it's place number 10 right now. And 10 episodes from now, we'll be saying, oh, this looks like the middle part of Dune Imperium yeah. or something like that. Now, now this one's in our toolbox yep. uh, to be able to compare to future games. Yep. It was a good one. Yep. We had fun. Um, thanks so much for listening. And uh, please come on board and listen to the, the next episode that we will be airing next week. And if you want to get any bonus content, feel free to head on over to our Patreon. We'd love to, to have your support and you can participate in the community. But uh, thanks everyone and until next time.